This is Brain Fuzz, the art, music, and culture podcast with Joe Camusa and Matthew White. In this episode, Joe and Matthew meet back at the studio complex. Shouts out are offered up. Matthew shares art and music highlights from Memphis. Joe turns the audio pick of the day on its head and also provides a Netflix recommendation. This is episode 37. Now we're going. Now we're going. Now we're leaving all the good stuff on the floor. I know, floor. we keep leaving. Wow. So a bit of a, uh, bit of a summer break for us. We've been doing, uh, both of us have had some things going on and uh, good bit, things. We're a bit rusty with the technology. A bit rusty here. with the technology. <laughs> I've uh, done some travel that I'm going to be sharing a bit about, which I think is, uh, is good. And, it's uh, going to be a whole new Brain Fuzz segment, Matthew's Travel Log. Yeah. But I don't, you know, I don't. No, it's good. It just so happens that I've had some. No, I think it's excellent. You travel and I stay locked in this little room. It's insane. (laughs) You, you also though wanted to uh, shout out to two of our. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of change as, as always in the art, art world, constantly churning. Uh, But some, some really positive things here. Uh, I don't know the episode number, but uh, an alum, Ben Coleman. Episode 36. Just selected for the, uh, the Hewley Artist Fellowship that Wonderroot oversees, of which I've partaken. It's a fabulous program, and a lot of great people in town have uh, partaken in that program. But happy to see uh, the Brain Fuzz, perhaps, as a launching pad for uh, <laughs> an incubator. If you will. No, I'm just totally kidding. And then uh, another alum and... and uh, Friend of Brain Fuzz, can we start that? Yeah, episode 23, Sarah Higgins. Well, congratulations to her. Yeah. She's uh, named interim, interim editor. editor of Art Papers, which, what a great, great fit. Yeah, and sad to see uh, Victoria Camlin leave, but um, but I know Sarah's going to do a good to, job. Back to Berlin. I mean, these are, yeah. all, these are all positives and uh, both fans of, of art papers. Oh yeah, I'm curious to see yeah. the see the direction. It's good. Yes, Ch- you know, change is healthy in the arts, and uh... yeah, you start to think though after like, eh, what do you think it is about three or four years, and it's all it's like uh, all the time. It's already time for the, the chairs to be yeah. pulled out, and uh, but yeah, otherwise I think things get stagnant. It seems like a three to five year kind of kind of thing is healthy. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. So I have told you a bit about this offline, but a recent trip to Memphis that I took. And it um, I didn't really expect to do all that I ended up doing, but it just kind of happened. The highlight, let me start with this. The highlight yeah. was my surprise Ardent Studios visit and tour with no less than Jody Stevens. Pretty amazing. Of big star and fame. Very typical for you. I just it just it, no no no. It just it came together. I got a I got a walkthrough of the space. Got to meet some of the people there, and just the hospitality. You think about all the history that has occurred at Ardent. I was in the studio where REM's Green was recorded. Um, Another personal favorite of mine, John Hyatt's um, Master of Disaster, was recorded there. 
um, ended up talking about some crazy stuff about uh, Klaus Vorman. Yeah. You know, Klaus Vorman was um, a bassist. Uh, he, he, he played on All Things Must Pass, George Harrison's All Things Must Pass. Oh, okay. He, um, he was in the Plastic Ono Band. Even crazier, he designed the Revolver album cover. That's where I know that name. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But he's but if you go through like music, you know, rock history, and you look, and you, Klaus Vorman is always coming up. So there's some ties there to Ardent Studio, huh? And uh, that was fascinating. I ended up getting a signed copy. No, you held that one close to the vest. I did. I didn't. I don't think I did. I don't think I shared this with you. Um, you don't open all your Christmas presents. Signed Christmas copy movie. of Big Star's Third. Oh, nice. Jody Stevens. Uh-huh. And then, um, which I don't know if you're familiar with everybody that played on that. It's Big Star's Third um, Live. It's a recent deal. Oh, it's So you yeah. get the, you know, like Jeff Tweedy, uh, Mike Mills, I believe, right. is on it. Um, Robin Hitchcock. Yeah, it's a two. Two disc set. Ira Kaplan. And then got to um, hear more about um, Those Pretty Wrongs, which is uh, Jody Stevens with uh, Luther Russell. That's his latest project. I walked away with a little... Uh, As Luther Russell, I'm not familiar. Is he, is he related? Because usually around there, it seems like everybody's either son of... You can look at Wikipedia and, and see Luther Russell. Um, he's mainly known for the Freewheelers and uh, has worked just with a lot of big names and traveled and performed extensively, sharing the stage with acts such as Arthur Lee, Johnny Cash, Tom Petty, Etta James, wow. Los Lobos, and Wilco. He is the grandson of legendary songwriter Bob Russell. Oh. Yeah. And I didn't know this either. He formed his first band called the Boot Heels with Jacob Dylan. Interesting. Yeah. So this latest incarnation, uh, those pretty wrongs. Uh, that's interesting. You should give that a listen. Yeah. Did you pick it up? Uh, I got no. I, I no. I just got the. Uh, I'll show you here. I got. Uh, you got some files. I got the seven inch. The. Uh, Oh, I didn't know you were... See, that's a whole other rabbit hole. It is a rabbit hole. Once you go down down that rabbit hole. My third box. It's a lot. Um, So that was great. And I just, again, want to say thanks to those guys. They really did not have to to spend the time that we spent there. And I I was just really, really impressed. But there were so many great stops in... um, in Memphis, as well. I want to name some places, some shouts outs, shouts out, shouts out, and recommendations for future visits. Um, one question, though, that you and I discussed the TGI Fridays. Yep. Okay. The building where the TGI Fridays, where all those guys were hanging out, and it was just the this kind of local cultural center, uh, epicenter. Of what was going on in Memphis at that time, right, right during the big star years, and of course the photography. Yeah, there's the image. Yeah, that. The, uh, yeah, the TGI Fridays in Memphis. I got the story. The building is still there. It is, of course, no longer TGI Fridays, but the reason it was such a big deal was it was one of the first, if not the first, 
franchises with the first location being in New York. So all of a sudden to have this TGI Fridays land in your backyard, actually near Ardent Studios and... um, yeah, I could so see at the time. The, that was the de facto. Yeah, so if you were to get together at a TGI Fridays now, um, you know, you wouldn't somehow have the <laughs> the allure that that, that 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 location had at the time. Yeah, I mean, that's a hell of an image. I feel like we've already talk, talked about that in a previous episode. Yeah, we did, so I don't want to. That was William Eggleston's photography. Yes. Both sides of that. Yeah, record. and yeah. the... Um, and of course, the it's funny Big Star just keeps coming back into these, uh, weaving its way. Well, it's just a fascinating story, and like we like you know, a lot of times we pull this music in because we're talking about creatives. We're not just talking about visual artists. We're talking about the creative brain and the creative process. And that story is is an amazing one. And yeah, we don't have to get back into it, but there. Links on the uh, links on the website, show notes at brainfuzzpodcast.com. So what was that like going into, say, Ardent, which is, you know, still a working studio yeah. that needs to keep those rooms filled? Yeah. And then contrasting that with Sun, which has the museum component, but apparently, like, I guess some people record there. Is that the deal? Like I'm glad you asked, Joe. Yes. Sun Records. So if you go to Sun Records now, you're going to get, you can go and pay and go on a tour. But it's this little, I don't know, have you, have you been? Have okay. Tiny space. Right. Uh, when you think studios, you go in and it's mainly just, you have that outside, um, you know, the classic sign. And then uh, inside you can buy souvenirs and you buy t-shirts. I mean, mainly it's just a place to sell t-shirts really but the studio space is to the left and so if you pay for the tour you can go and and see that and it actually did that in a on a previous visit and it's pretty amazing uh when you think about the history that was made in that room i mean you've got the million dollar uh million dollar quartet correct yeah um you know and then the later stuff like u2 so you have all that and then yes you can still record there it's just i guess it's you know you book it and after hours and when they're not selling t-shirts and also on that along those lines I went to the site of Stax Records mm-hmm. which that's another story that will yeah, blow your mind okay it's a it's a crazy story and there's one book out there I think I recommended also in an earlier episode probably that same Big Star episode we were we were talking about goes through the history of Stax and you realize that uh, it started out, the story uh, is, is a pure one. It's people making music, enjoying being together. And they had a record shop off to the right, and then they were recording kind of to the left. And in an old theater. In an old theater. And it has these unique acoustics, um, that, unlike any, anything else. And they were doing a lot of their market research in the record shop. So what was selling in the record shop informed what was being recorded right next door. And huge success with um, with Otis Redding. And, of course, that story, that's a, that in and of itself is a sad one. But by the end of this, this whole thing, the feds get involved. There's, I mean, classic, like, record industry <laughs> stuff. Because it's such a clean business. Oh, this is one of the worst stories Uh it's unbelievable 
but by the end of it, the actual site of Stax Records is nothing. There's nothing there. The building's not even there. And so if you go there today, you're visiting the site and a reconstruction of the storefronts. It's just storefront? No, you, like, so you go like in. Facade. Yeah, it's, it's a museum now. Oh, but okay. But the facade, very little of, of that is original. And so it's a museum. And, the, and, it's a, and there's a foundation that, and I think what they're doing now is good. Something good is coming out of all the heartache that, that happened. Um, and Isaac Hayes is uh, Cadillac's in there. And it's, um, it's a pretty interesting stop. But it's one of those situations where the museum, you know, what is that really when you visit the museum? It's not the real thing. Simulacrum. Yes. It's an amazing, uh, it, it's an amazing story. The stack story, so much good music that came out of that. Oh sure, but it's very it sounds very Disney. Now, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't have an opinion on it. Um, it's perhaps better than letting it just completely fade away. I know. I mean, how many people are not would not hear the story otherwise? Yeah, and. Um, so many great music stops, of course. Everything I name is not on Beale Street, by the way. You don't have to go to Beale Street. I want to shout out to Shangri-La Records. That was a great record stop there. Um, nearby the barbecue shop for uh, ribs. It was pretty amazing. And um, some breweries, too, which surprised me. One good stop was Memphis Made Brewing Company. A very positive experience there. And also an interesting stop for next time would be Rail Garden Ping Pong. It's just Do this. Tell. It's, uh, you know, there are a lot of shipping containers oh, involved. Yeah. Okay. There's a, there's a, um, there's a, <laughs> there's a performance space. There's cornhole there, but it's a nice kind of dog friendly, I'm sure. Dog friendly, yep, yep. family friendly, yep. community, um, but I was pretty impressed by the um, the live music there. And again, this is not on Beale Street. And, you know. and finally, some art stops. The Brooks Museum is kind of the anchor there. And it's gone through several iterations. Um, saw some interesting, interesting work there. And uh, also, another highlight for me was Crosstown Arts. This space is unbelievable. It's a great space. And we were just, I was showing you some of the pro, we were talking about some of the programming uh-huh. uh, that they've got going on. I look forward to going back to Crosstown Arts and following what they have going on. In fact, revisiting some of the programming has got me wondering some things. And uh, if you are with Crosstown Arts and listening to this and you want to reach out and talk, please do, because, um, because it's a, just a great program they have going on there. It's um, you can find out more at uh, crosstownarts.org. They're they're based in an old uh, Sears building. I think you and I talked about that. Yeah. Um, a huge space. It's huge, and the possibilities are endless. Mixed use. You've got people working there. You've got people living there, and then this is an integral part of what they're doing in transforming that area of the city. Well, that's cool. There's yeah. a really good article, um, speaking of Sears and the uh, Bitter Southerner, um, about the 
art, the Sears building here, of course, which is now Pont City. Yeah, so in Atlanta, we have we have Pont City Market now, which is the old Sears, which I think was a catalog, like the headquarters for the... Fulfillment, yeah. Yeah. What did this article say? It's just talking about the history of the building and how it grew, uh, and grew and grew and grew. And uh, What did you call them? The, the Amazon of... Sears was the... I saw this recently. Sears was the Amazon of the 30s. Oh, I thought you coined that. I no, 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 no. I can't claim that. I saw it in a, somewhere. But um, I think they were the Amazon Free world delivery. That. that was the key. That was the key to growing that business. Free rural delivery. That was their thing, free rural. That's what did it. Think about how else people yeah. had no access to to, yeah. to uh, dry goods. Yeah. Good the good. prime. You didn't have to have a prime membership <laughs> either to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it is so good though to see these structures being utilized I mean for good and yeah. versus just sitting dormant I mean all of that acreage that we, place is enormous enormous we've poo-pooed on gentrification a little bit here and there I, and of course you have to we've made fun and we get a good laugh out of it but I've got to tell you seeing this this was a very good example of it done right it really was I also, you know what, before we, I forgot, I forgot to mention Goner Records as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's also outside of Beale. You don't have to, it was just, it was nice to visit and focus. Next time I would not stay anywhere near Beale. It's, it's, it's nice to go into these cities and find the areas, the little neighborhoods and the right. pockets that are outside. Well, it's like Nashville, staying like in East Nashville. Yeah. Versus. Right. Down near, what is that? Some Thoreau, what do they yeah. call that? Where all the uh, bachelorette parties and people throwing up in the streets. And that's what Beale, you know, that's. It's, now, that's not to say that you can't hear some great music oh, on I'm Beale sure, Street yeah. because I did. It, it, and uh, that was uh, that was something. But no, it's not to discover all these little neighborhoods, you know. You had stuff. What did you have? What, what, tell me what I this is. Because I'm look, ah, I can't compare to any of this. I'm looking at this guy. tidbits. Oh, it's, it's just... It's Esperanto. It's not real. None of this is real. Um, well, since we're talking music, I think I'll, I'll kick off the... Uh, get into the artist pick of the day here in a second. Is that what we're calling it? The, the audio pick of the day. Sorry. All right. Since we're talking music, I've had a couple big record shopping excursions. which record store day... Yes, Correct. that's true. So that was one of my trips out to. Uh, Did we? We haven't recorded. No, I don't we think we have. About that, you know, getting up early, seeing some lines, yeah. heading out. Strategy was to head outside yeah. the perimeter, uh-huh. and I was very happy I did. And I always struggle with this topic because you know it's like, what is this zeitgeist like record that I need to recommend? And that puts a lot of pressure. And then of course, you assuaged my fears. You're like, what are you listening to? I'm listening to a lot of 45s, but that might not be enough to. Really it's oh no, for all, yeah, no, it can. It's an audio pick, well, so it could be. A, you know who I've really been digging into is uh, Courtney Barnett, and uh, got a couple of the records. I did pick up uh, an EP, uh, a double EP on like white vinyl that looks like it's covered in like iron shavings, but it's in the vinyl. It doesn't skip. It's, it's uh but uh, the double EP, A Sea of Split Peas. It's actually from like 2014. Okay. So um, I think this is her. I mean, she's got at least three, four records. And of course, she did the one with uh, Kurt Vile. Um, 
a lot of sea lice in 2017, yeah. which yeah. every critic it just is in love with the record. It's the greatest record. So I have to say, I come to her. I think I discovered her first and foremost because everyone was like, man, she's this incredible guitar player. And, you know, that was the entry point. But I have to say all the hype is kind of, you know, I kind of have to flush that out of my head because I mean, like the records are good. and But you'd think it's like Dark Side of the Moon meets, think of like these big, huge records that have, you know, it just, I don't know. That's probably why I shouldn't pay attention to critics. But. Sometimes when the hype is, it just turns me off and I have to give it some space and revisit it later. Right. And I mean, I'm just being honest. I know yeah. it's ridiculous and who really gives a damn whether like two guys that are older than me, you know, have the sound opinions, for instance, what they think of. Right. You know, they're trying to stay relevant on some level. And I don't have a beef with them, but at times, you know. But I was thinking like, you know, like the one with Kurt Vile, like it's a decent record. I think she's, I like them together. Uh-huh. I like them together more than just him on his own. I like yeah, I don't have a problem with him per se, but so much of what I'm hearing these days, I'm like, yeah, but it's, it sounds exactly like Jay Mask is singing, kind of very laconic, and it's almost like if Stephen Wright was in a in a band, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. good good yeah. wordplay and all that. But um, I just think sometimes, like when when someone's telling me that these are like the the most you know amazing touchstone records of of the era, I'm just like, wow, like what am I am I missing something? I don't know if you feel that way at times. No, I do. And again, that's why I have to give it space. Yeah, of course, you know. Um, but, you know, they're certainly enjoyable. Um, I think she's got, you know, she's still really young, too. Um, and has a long way to go. But she's, you know, a good songwriter, great musician. Um, so those have been in heavy rotation. And I have not, not liked anything of hers. And now... The Brain Fuzz audio pick of the day. You teased with these different uh, these different recordings here. Yeah. Which one is your focus? Um, I think sometimes I sit and think, and sometimes I dot dot dot. That's probably the all right the heaviest. Um, so is that the audio pick of the day? And really, now the audio pick of the day. I'm just gonna just gonna throw her in, in total because I think I would just pick him up and why not wow just binge just blow your whole that has not him. been we have why not done that yet me. and why not because otherwise it becomes like you, you need to like review blonde on blonde and then suddenly you turn into like real Marcus or something and you have to give this amazing encapsulment of a you know iconic record it's a lot of pressure so the audio pick of the day is in fact Courtney Barnett. Yeah. Wow. All right. So is that, is that cheating? No, I think that's great. I think it's a great way to do it because part of my trouble with listening to Courtney Barnett is that, you know, you do, like you said, you have the EPs. Right. That sometimes I sit and yeah. think uh, that's the one that I really got into for a while. But then, yeah, a sea of split peas. But I mean, a double EP, 12 songs. I know. Like, I, I was thinking, like, wow, this is a lot of vinyl, and there's just going to be, like, two songs on each one. Yeah. No, that's... The EP is a... And then the Kurt Vinyl thing. There's a great cover of one of his, you know, the, the version of Peeping, Peeping Tom with her singing. It's, yeah. Uh, and it is, I mean, I think that is also cool when two artists that really respect each other. And I don't know, maybe they probably on tour together or something. Play, they must have, but I don't think they knew each other that well. But to come together like that, 
Um, yeah, it's a pretty strong record. So this is this is what's interesting about this to me is as you try to kind of sift through the discography, you have a lot of different releases of different lengths, and I think that that's what's interesting about this is it's the ref, it's reflective of the time because there's more of a shift towards focusing on more regular releases but smaller releases. So this idea of pulling one song down from iTunes uh, or pulling an EP down, for a lot of people, the way that they consume music now, that that's, that makes more sense for well, them. it's like going back to the 50s and the early 60s yeah. with singles. Yeah, it really um, is. You know, not, not a bad thing, but uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the record, I hate the word collector, but the, the, the record buyer in me still loves being able to chance upon, you know, a 45 yeah. or, you know, like um, the OCs, for instance, are, I mean, just constantly doing combined seven inches or 12 inches with other bands. It just keeps it interesting versus, you know, like growing up, bands would take three, four years between records. It just got crazy. I mean, you yeah. go look at some right. of those, you know, yeah. Fleetwood Mac or, the, you know, Bruce Springsteen, yeah. Pink Floyd. I mean, after a while it gets a little too precious you know but active artist studios yeah, folks yeah. I don't know if is that maintenance or actual the act of creation ooh uh, yeah I'm gonna go I, can, with creation. I think so too creative destruction it's nice to see her though having listened for a few years now that she's hanging around this is not some a lot of that with all the music that we're getting you don't ever really know how much of it is going to be around in another couple of years I mean the cycle is so much faster now that's a good point yeah that's a good pick yeah, uh, that's a good yeah. pick I did, I, I did not see that coming I'm probably off for the next couple months then with all of that but. that was a great pick so as always with our audio picks of the day audio pick of the day Things will be linked to on our website, the show notes at brainfuzzpodcast.com. You can go there, access what we're discussing, and legally, uh, legally with no we strings all, attached. We are above board here. All above board. No, no, nothing, no surprises. Those legal ducks in a row. Friends. Yep. Just go to the uh, show notes. You can, um, we don't like to advertise the audio picks of the day because we, we want, uh, no, we want you to actually listen, have to listen, and and we we don't want to just post like here's the pick of the day. You don't have to listen to the episode. You don't have to do the legwork to yeah you know. yes and no, but yeah. So, but you'll know when you go to the show notes, uh, and, you, awesome. and you'll be able to access the audio there. So, brainfuzzpodcast.com. But before we close, you have I don't necessarily but like while you've been traveling and jet setting around. Yeah, um, I. Uh, kind of a, in, in almost staycation mode and doing a bit of uh, reading and watching in an effort to uh, you know fill up the tank maybe with different information but I don't know uh, if you've uh, partaken in um, abstract the art of design it's a Netflix program it's kind of you know, similar to Art 21 it is on my list and I it's, have it I, it's worth it is it really yeah I mean I, I don't know why I kind of saw it I was like eh. Oh, I know that was what I did. There were just a couple really uh, interesting ones that um, Christophe uh, Niemann. Okay, I think I have that pronounced. Correct pronunciation correct. too. Uh, he's an, 
he's an illustrator and it, you know you might be like eh, illustration isn't my thing and then as soon as I looked at it I'm like wait I know him because he's done 22 New Yorker covers 22 wow good bit but I mean tell you here's here's one that's worth the price of admission alone he was just talking about when he's approaching his work you know he's like throw in something you think you'll regret and that's usually the most interesting part and I think that's true wow. I mean, that's you gotta be willing to break it but I've I have seen that in the last year in some some work that has left uh, really you know, my possession yeah and some of those were the ones where that are just and you were thinking that's not going to work. No, I wouldn't say that. I just say those are the ones maybe that were a little more of the stretch. The other one they had on, they had a um, Paula Scher or Cher uh-huh. graphic design, and that really doesn't fit all that she does. But uh, done pretty much every album cover you can think of yeah, as one part of her career, like early on in her career. Um, Throw some out. I mean, Dylan. And, yeah. Uh, pretty much every Boston, which she completely disavows. She's like, no. Is, she's like, yeah. She's like, did she really? She's like, you know, in my own bit, this is the one they're going to show, and she hates it. This, yeah. So first, like CBS and Atlantic Records um, did a lot of jazz too. Uh, okay, so she, she said did. they were much more uh, so, like willing to just let her do whatever she wanted to do, and. Uh, and she had a you know again a couple gems you know which you know she was talking about uh, you know you have to be in a state of play to make anything, and that's really true. You know, like we've talked like when we were talking with Ben Coleman, yeah. I, I tried to uh, ask that question. You know, as somebody who is a he's a musician, performer, and also you know engineer, producer. It's like yeah. okay, but when you're doing that by yourself, how do you switch between those two like toggles? That's that's where I have a hard time and I'm not putting myself on that same plane but you know if I'm sitting trying to record music and then you're screwing around with levels and compressors and mic placement yeah that's you know, right something yeah. like you're I, I don't know and I guess obviously that's if you do it a day in and day out you find a way um, but I mean that that uh, and, then, and then she left us with this which I I kind of I really pulled this uh, in high regard, but she's driven by the hope that that she hasn't made her best work yet, mm. and I think that's the way to go instead of just churning out those hits. All right, so I guess so. I've got to watch this now. It's uh, how many? Have, have, I don't know. I think like there's a, maybe two seasons, one or two seasons, and um, it doesn't have that annoying like Art Twenty One, like with all the silences. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like R21. I do, uh, but I don't know. I don't like the introduction, the introductory material. You remember some of those are so awkward. They've changed, yeah. yeah. The, the, go if you go way back. Yeah, there were some really quiet ones, but uh, I don't know. You know, again, it's like I think you you seek out what feeds you. If it's not working, hey, shut it off, change the channel. But um, yeah, you got to yeah, sift through it tough. somehow. It's yeah. really tough. Sometimes you're just not. not, not Follow us on our 100% organic Instagram account, Brain Fuzz Podcast. Connect with Joe and Matthew and find out more about this and other episodes at BrainFuzzPodcast.com. On social media, share your thoughts and comments with hashtag BrainFuzzPodcast.